1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and
2: Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, I want to acknowledge Lavelle, Devin, and Deshaun and their legacies at the University of Virginia. I also want to acknowledge their parents, Delana and Quentin Chandler Sr., Simone and Lavelle Sr., Happy and Sean Perry. Their siblings, grandparents, aunts, and so many other relatives and friends, who have lost so much, we promised the family members that we would not forget their loved ones, and we will keep that promise.
0: Expectation, uh, considering is, is a packed house. Uh, you know, I would I would like to see a packed house, uh, a sellout, and everybody showing up in orange, um, and supporting. Obviously, we're 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 there uh, for the game in support of our players on the field, uh, but also. Uh, when you think about uh, the reality of it, three young men, man, they, they, they're no longer here. And, that's, and it's difficult for me, and, and like, some days are harder than others.
2: I especially want to send a message to our players. We love you. We love your fight, your determination, and your resilience. We love you because despite the adversity, you refuse to quit. The life lessons you're learning in these moments will carry you further than you could have ever imagined.
0: And we have an opportunity, right, as a, as a community, uh, as a football program, um, fan base, right, to pay respect to, to, to the, th- the three young men, their families, and then also uh, the other 125 guys, you know, that have chosen to, to stay the course, do what's difficult. Um, and show up every single day uh, so my expectation is that you know everybody shows up uh, and supports these guys uh, and helps the, and help these guys you know put have some have some peace we're going to need uh, the fans I mean we, we, we need uh, the support and so I would like to see uh, everybody show up uh, in orange and, and cheer these guys on and uh, and be a part of the uh, the services that are going to take place uh, before uh, before kickoff it's
1: definitely going to be an emotional game at Scott Stadium. Hi, everyone. I'm Jackie Frenchuli for Waho's 24-7. As you heard from both athletic director Carlo Williams and Virginia head coach Tony Elliott, this is a game that has been dubbed the UVA Strong Game. It is not only their season opener against James Madison, but it is also a game that will pay tribute to three of the fallen Cavaliers, the three players that were killed last November, Lavelle Davis Jr, Devin Chandler, and Deshaun Perry. So definitely a lot of emotions for the first game at Scott. Since that tragedy, there will be a pre-game ceremony to honor those three young men. So before we get to the football part of it, um, let's talk a little bit about what to expect um, for this UVA Strong game. If you can't be at the game, this game will be televised on ESPN. ESPNU. Um, at this time, I don't have the details of how and when this, uh, pregame ceremony will be televised for those of you who can't be at the game. However, if you are at the game, Virginia is asking these fans to be at their seats by 1130, which means try to get, try to get into the stadium as early as possible. As soon as the uh, gates open, I would try. Obviously it's the first home game of the year. There might be a couple of snags to get there in the line. So uh, Virginia says again, ceremony will start at eleven thirty in the morning um, for the fallen Cavaliers. Um, and it will be an orange out game, so they're they're hoping fans show up in their orange gear. And the first thirty five thousand fans that enter the game, they'll be receiving a UVA strong T shirt. Um, at this point, Virginia is hoping to get a uh, obviously a lot of fans in there. At last check, it was over fifty thousand fans expected this game obviously it's against in-state rivals so plenty of uh people expected for this game James madison's had this circled in their calendars long before uh once this game was announced i believe around two years ago uh so um that's obviously uh a big deal um now for those of you who will be at the stadium rather early for tailgating if you want to be part of the Wahoo Walk, that is at 9:45 a.m. Um, family members of Davis, Chandler, and Perry all will join the team during the Wahoo Walk. Again, that's at 9:45 a.m., and you can fans are encouraged to arrive there early to line up on Whitehead Road. So again, Wahoo Walks at 9:45 a.m. The families will walk with the team going to the stadium. And then the pre the pre-game ceremony will be 11.30 a.m. Um, so fans are encouraged to get there as well. Um, so, and then if, um, I know this is late on Thursday when the stories, we, when this podcast can be open, I mean published, but at 3 p.m., uh, Virginia will have a memorial tree planting and plaque dedication honoring Chandler, Davis, and Perry on Arts Grounds on Culberth Road between Ruffin Hall and the Drama Education Building on Friday. And then the Virginia Cheer Squad and Cavalier Marching Band will parade down the downtown mall and lead a Paint the Town Orange pep rally at the Ting Pavilion. The pep rally is set to start at 8.30 p.m. and the coaches and the Virginia football team will be in attendance in the rally as well. So a lot of stuff leading up to the actual game. Um, so I wanted kind of wanted to... Um, bring those to the forefront, kind of talk about those things before we dive into the football aspect of it. Obviously, again, very emotional game for these Cavaliers and for the fan base. This is the first time you'll be at Scott for these young men since the spring game, but the first actual game at Scott since that loss to Pitt the Saturday right before the shooting. So we're going to take a quick break here. And then on the way back, we're going to talk about the football game. We're going to talk about JMU and what's the expectations around this game.
0: Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why
1: are they keeping you here?
0: Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here.
1: Everything in this new world
2: comes at cost. This is
0: still my country. A gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different
1: upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Uh-oh. Citizen of the
0: United States.
2: I'm a hustler.
0: I'm a big Taylor Swift fan.
2: I'm the queen of the tribe.
0: A I am playing whatever role I got to play. I'm gonna play this game for speed.
1: I ain't going down like no punk.
0: <laughs> a new Survivor Wednesday on
1: CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus. Welcome back to the good old podcast. I'm Jackie Ferenczy for Wahoo's Twenty Four Seven. So for the first half of the show, we kind of talk about the events leading up to the game. Obviously, again, it's going to be an emotionally charged game and there will be a game planned on Saturday as well. It's a big in-state matchup that JMU, like I said, has circled this on their calendar. They've been wanting to prove that they're the team in the state and they're the best team in the state. Well, Virginia has something to say about that. Virginia is coming off a loss to Tennessee, a loss that honestly most people expected. Um, Meanwhile, JMU is coming into this game after defeating Bucknell, a team that JMU should have beat. So again, both teams coming into this matchup with results that many had expected. So, let's start with some injury notes for Virginia. Obviously, the big big question honestly is Virginia quarterback Tony Musket. Musket left the end of the fourth quarter, towards the middle of the fourth quarter with an apparent shoulder injury. It wasn't on his throwing arm. Uh, he left the game against Tennessee holding on to his shoulder obviously in a lot of pain. Now, Tony Elliott said on during his press conference on Tuesday that Musket was going to be day-to-day. That's something that we continue to follow. It's the reason why we are taping a lot later than normal when it comes to the podcast. Usually I want to get this out on Thursday morning, but I've been waiting to get the latest information. Full disclosure, on Sunday and Monday, I heard that he was not going to be able to play this Saturday. Um, then things start looking better as the week goes on. I was told possibly that he would not return until the nc state game so that's something that there's been more positive feedback since i started hearing that but again is still day-to-day still a game time decision um again it's all about pain tolerance when you think of his injury since his non-throwing arm it's how you know how is he moving how much does that pain distract how much does that pain affect his game how this much slower does he go how flexible he is you don't want him to get hit again in injure him or will injure another part of his body because isn't, you know, he protects the part that's hurt naturally when you're human instinct. So again, that's, that's what we're hearing. Um, We'll hopefully have more of an update for you as the game goes closer, but right now we're still monitoring Tony Muscat. The expectation is that Anthony Calandria, the freshman out of Clearwater, Florida would be the starter for Virginia. So first year freshman he's been on grounds for a few months since January. Anthony Calandra, who's taken a few reps with the ones this week, according to sources, and who's also taken a few reps in fall camp with the ones. That's something that Virginia knew they needed to prepare because he was the backup quarterback. So obviously they knew that he needed to get reps with those first team members. So Anthony Calandra might make his debut for Virginia this Saturday. It is more than likely that he will, although Musket might have a, a word to say about that as well. Um, ahead of the game. So that is something we'll be monitoring on Saturday. Chico Bennett Jr., who did not play in that opener after he had that freak injury during the fall camp scrimmage, he is also a game-time decision. So is safety Antonio Clary. Both of them were not on a depth chart on Tuesday, but Virginia head coach Tony Elliott said that they both are better and they're back in limited reps at practice. So it's about conditioning and seeing if it's medically appropriate for them to play. So they'll be asking their trainers to keep them updated on that regard. So again, we're monitoring those two. Um, again, if Chico Bennett is not going, you expect Cam Butler to be at the bandit position and Chico, and then Ben Smiley to take up that starting defense of Enrode. Sue Agunlohe, unfortunately, is out for the rest of the year after um, tearing both of his patellar tendons during the game against Tennessee, which is, you know, it's such an unfortunate thing for Sue because he had quite the game in Tennessee. Um, and I think this was the year that he would left his mark. It was painting like that. So I think he would be, I know a lot of people are focusing on Tony Musket as the crucial injury for this game, but I think the loss of Sue Agunloy, not only for the young man who's hurt and obviously had high hopes for this year, but I think he's going to be one of the biggest losses for the defensive line. He's certainly was a guy that provided some nice quality experience, talented depth up front, um, a very talented young man. So he's going to be out for the rest of the season had a successful surgery at the end of the week. So he has a long recovery ahead of him. Um, as far as other injuries, we will be monitoring. Elliot says there are a couple guys that are probable for the game, which includes versatile athlete Lex Long, who played safety because Antonio Clary was out. Um, moving from linebacker, he actually moved from safety to linebacker, then linebacker back to safety last game. He's probable. So is uh, Josh Ahern, linebacker. He's also probable. And tight end, Sackett Wood. Um, that's why we see Josh Rawlings at tight end at depth depth, depth depth chart. So we expect probably Josh Rawlings to get a few more reps. And then you expect Cam Robinson and Stevie Bracey to get more reps at linebacker with Josh Ahern sidelined. And then at safety, you can see maybe if Cleary is – close to getting ready, you might see Clary in there. Um it's how it's who's the healthiest, like Slawner, Antonio, and Clary. I know Clary was technically available. If there's an emergency situation against Tennessee, you want to push him. So we'll see how that situation goes. Another key contributor contributor that is back at practice is Jimmy Chris, the offensive lineman transfer from Penn State. He is back at practice. Again, it's all about conditioning. He's missed a lot of practice reps over the course of the last two weeks. And that's the same thing with Chico Bennett. Same thing with Antonio Clary. These guys have been sidelined for a few weeks, so you're dealing with conditioning as they prepare for JMU. So those are the big injuries that we'll be monitoring still the next 24 to 48 hours. A lot of them are game time decisions. So we will um, kind of expect to see um, who lines up against JMU. So JMU, so there's a lot of talk for this game. Again, I said it's the in-state game, so a lot of people, around the state, around um, uh, around the University of James Madison, have been uh, talking a lot about their expectations around being the best team in the state. Obviously, talking about bragging rights. I mean, if you talk to any JMU fan, they'll bring up the basketball team beating Tony Bennett's men. So of course, they would like to boast about beating Tony Elliott's men on the football field as well. So when you look at JMU, Um, you have a very disciplined team you have a team that knows how to win you have a team that is very well coached as far as talent there are good talents on this team they've done a really good job of recruiting some very talented dimes in the rough some really talented um, in-state individuals to their team so JMU isn't walk in the park it's not a cupcake that you normally would expect in a non-conference game so JMU isn't a isn't a team you can just brush off now The only thing I will say, they did lose a lot of good pieces from last year's team. And when we're talking about Virginia's quarterback issues because of injury, they have their own quarterback issues. They had a freshman who was expected to start this year. He started against Bucknell, and then Coach Signetti took him off and brought in Jordan McLeod, who's an experienced quarterback, but he did not win that starting job during fall camp. So Jordan McLeod is now the expected starter for this game. So, obviously, that's a big question for JMU. How confident are they in their starting quarterback? One of the key battles that we will be keeping an eye on is cornerback Cohen King versus their wide receiver, Reggie Brown, who was their top receiver against Bucknell last week. He caught seven, caught pass, three passes for 77 yards, including a 57-yard touchdown pass from McLeod. Um, He was also the second most productive wideout in receiving yards um, last season, and he just played in eight of the 11 games. So he's a a battle that, obviously, Virginia will be looking at. Um, And then on the offensive line, JMU has two quality tackles in Nick Kidwell and Tyshawn Wyatt. Um, So obviously they bring some experience up front to protect McLeod. This is obviously a game that again, all football games are one in the trenches. So those are the two key ones to look into. The good news for Virginia was that Butler was one of the highest graded players, according to proof football focus um, last week against Tennessee. So that's a a good matchup for him and a good matchup to watch during that game. Um, I think the height advantage and physical is in the, Honestly, height and weight advantage that you have in wide receiver Malachi Fields. So I think that's a matchup. Whoever goes up against them, is it Devin Coles or Chauncey Logan? I think that's going to be a battle to watch because I would expect Virginia to use Malachi Fields' frame against JMU. I think you, I think that's something where they could take advantage of um, his height. So definitely something to look forward to because... You know Devin Coles is gonna have his handfuls with a six foot four two hundred and twenty pound field, so that's definitely a matchup that you can expect Virginia to um take advantage of if uh you're looking at matchups to take opportunities on the offensive side of the ball so Virginia's offense obviously did not have the best game against Tennessee when you look at the numbers, but you also saw that this team was progressing in that game so I know basically I've highlighted most of the most of the key battles. I mean, you can talk about the offensive line. I mean, you want to take a look and see how Ty Furnish, Brian Stevens, Mikhail Bowley, Noah Josie, Um Ugana Nana all do during this second game together. You're gonna want to see how they protect whoever's under center because that is obviously the big question for here. So Virginia definitely has a few questions when it comes to their so. Tony Elliott kind of broke down a few things of what he expects for this game. So here's Tony Elliott talking about what he sees from this JMU team and what stands out about
0: them. They they were educated yesterday. Uh, I think the record is like a hundred and like in the last, I just did the last 10 years are like a hundred and like 25 or something like that. 79, I know it was a 79% winning percentage. They've won two national championships. The, the the record between UVA and JMU is two to one, right? Uh, last time we played was 1983. Uh, they're favored uh, in the game, so they've been uh, they've been educated. And then when you cut on the tape, you see it too. Like you, you, you cut on the tape. So so I don't know how closely they follow it. I mean I don't know how closely they follow uh, anything nowadays. Uh, to be honest with you, because they just have so much information, access to information at their fingertips. But uh, they were educated uh, about it, and they were reminded. Uh, about and then you look at coach Trinna and what he's done and his success like they're they're very well coached um they're a very disciplined team uh they got really really good players um those kids have a chip on their shoulder, uh probably because they may not have been recruited by u v a so uh, they're being educated this week uh, on who their competition is, not trying to, and that's that's not trying to make it about uh, JMU, because that's never been the case. But uh, I do feel like I have a responsibility as a coach just to, as I'm preparing them for battle, so to speak, to, to know what they're walking into or know who their opponent is. They're athletic, uh, first and foremost. Uh, athletic, uh, very sound. Uh, you, don't, you don't see them out of position uh, much. Um, they're very uh, they they're twitchy on the edges. You know they can get after the quarterback uh, off the edges. I'm um, gonna say they're 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 sneaky stout on the inside because you're gonna look at the stat sheet. I mean you're gonna look at the paper and say okay well they're six two two eighty. right? But when but when uh their D tackles uh, ninety nine uh, Carpenter when he anchors down right he's he's hard to move. So so uh, structurally they're sound. They're athletic, their linebackers are, are two big athletes that can run sideline to sideline, and then their, their corners can come up in, uh, in press coverage, uh, and, they, and they can isolate them. You know, that's what you see. They have confidence in their corners uh, to be able to play uh, bump and run coverage with no help, uh, which allows them to be able to uh, dedicate more to, uh, to the run, to be able to stop the runs. They like to run the football, right? They, they can establish the run. Their backs are, backs are really good, and then that sets up their, their play action. Um, you know, it might be a little different this year. You know than they've been you know in the past with the with their quarterback situation but um, you know a lot of zone read uh, RPO uh, type uh, type stuff and then um, take their shots uh, down the field uh, so they got playmakers uh, they got some experience uh, they got a very experienced offensive line uh, that's what you notice when you watch them uh, I think they're senior and then juniors uh, across across the board that have played some football, um, and they got good size, good length. Uh, they're physical. Uh, their backs uh, know how to find the find the creases, and then when they get into the open field, they're uh, they're hard to tackle. Uh, so you know we're excited about the challenge. Uh, anxious to see because when you watched them in this past game, they're a little bit different depending upon the quarterback. You know when they had fourteen in there, you know it was a little bit different offense than when they had uh, number two in there. And so you know we're going to prepare uh, for both. Uh, but you know, the biggest thing is up front, they can establish a line of scrimmage. They can wear you down running the football, uh, and then they can you know, they can throw it when they need to.
1: Again, this this game, honestly, it really is about who starts under center for me when you're trying to pick and make your predictions for this game. Tony Musket, like I've said in my recap show on Monday, I thought he was a good game manager. When you're coming from Virginia, your margin of error is so small, you would need a Alex Smith-like game manager in Tony Musket. So – I think that is the main question. Is he is he not healthy? And Anthony Colandrea, you get that Florida squag. He definitely is a confident individual. You can see how he approaches the game. I mean, you saw him during the spring game. You also saw him against Tennessee when he was asked to come in. He doesn't let the environment get too much for him. He's not afraid of those big moments, which is something that you want to see from a freshman. But it is his, you know, if he starts, it's going to be his first college start. It's going to be in an emotional game going to be a, you know, a big environment and it's still going to be a new offensive line getting only their second game wraps. Now you could possibly see if Jimmy Chris comes in and rotates in, but again, all about game conditioning. You're expecting Ty Furnish to, you know, protect him, but also get his snaps in order. That's something that Des kitchen said that he's already seen improvement with Ty Furnish. And honestly, to be fair to these offensive linemen, they're not facing a Tennessee defensive line on Saturday. Again, I've said it I don't know how many times over the course of the last week during podcasts, radio shows, or just when I write about the last game, Tennessee's defensive line is the best defensive line this team will face all year. Again, maybe UNC in Miami will give you something of a um, tougher front. But right now, and especially the first half of the season, there's no other D-line that will have the physicality and speed that the Tennessee D-line gave you. That was quite a test for a brand new offensive line to be dealt with. So they have to protect Anthony Colandrea. So when you see Colandrea, you see more of a dual threat quarterback. Tony Muscat is more of a pocket passer. Anthony Colandrea will try to scramble, try to extend a few plays with his legs. Um, you know, people call him electric. People call him, um, you know, a, a, a gamer is what 24 Spence is 24 sports. Director of Scouting, Andrew Ivan, said he was able to watch Colin Dre a few times, including at a 10-game jamboree last spring, so before Virginia offered him. Um, and he said he was quite impressed at what he's able to do against some South Florida defenses. If you follow high school football in the state of Florida, you know how many talented players are in those South Florida teams in that secondary. And he was able to carve up and grab, um, I think it was eight touchdowns, seven passes, um, and one rushing, or was it seven touchdowns, six, one passing, but... Um, it was quite an impressive performance and put Calandra in um, Virginia's radar among in other schools, including um, USF when uh, uh, they received their new head coach, the ten- former Tennessee OC, who was there, um, liked what he saw about Calandra as well. So, again, he's a gamer. He's going to extend plays. But you're also going to have some potential mistakes in those areas. I think with Tony Muska, you have more of a game manager. A, a, a guy who's who's learned the ropes a little bit he has game experience Anthony Calendria is going to learn on the job so um so I guess that that means it's time for predictions for me um actually before I do predictions Virginia is also hosting recruits for this home game so I have um Cats confidential coming at you at Friday morning it'll be update with a complete visitor list Virginia is hosting a number of recruits um, including one of the biggest visitors, I think, in my mind, is wide receiver Christian Zachary, who committed to the Cavaliers in the summer. I have the whole visitor list posted on the site, but I wanted to highlight Christian Zachary because NC State is trying to flip him. He is expected to visit NC State for their game against Louisville later this month. He was meant to visit this weekend, actually, at NC State for their Notre Dame game. But switched his official visit to later that this month. So Virginia has him on grounds this week, which is a good bet for him to coming in during a big environment like this. Um, Virginia would love, would love to seal it and maybe him not visiting NC State after this weekend. So that is something to monitor. Christian Zachary's having one heck of a start of the season for his high school senior year. A lot of eyes on his talent. Virginia did a good job of scouting him and offering him so early Adam Mims, Des Kitchens. All those guys have such good connections in South Carolina, and they were able to identify Christian Zachary pretty early in his recruitment. So that is something that we'll be watching. But again, he will be on ground. So recruiting information also on Wahoos 24-7, we always have you updated with all the visitors that will be on grounds during game day. And obviously, we'll have game day coverage as well from Scott Stadium. So plenty to discuss when it comes to that. But now I've delayed it as much as I could. So a prediction. So... Prior to this season, I had Virginia beating JMU. Um, And I think if Tony Musket was the starter, and if Tony Musket is the starter, although I think if you're not 100%, I'm not as confident, I would still pick Virginia over James Madison. With Anthony Colandrea under center, it's hard for me to choose Virginia over JMU. I think Anthony Colandrea is a very, very talented quarterback. I think he's got a high ceiling. I think he's going to have a good career at UVA. It's going to be hard for his first game. And all that to say, I'm still picking Virginia over JMU. I think it's going to be a tighter contest than anyone would like. I know the Vegas has right now still picked JMU. I think the spread has gone down to five. It started at six and a half. But I think JMU is still favored by five points. I'm choosing Virginia because of the intangibles that you have in this game. You have questions on their center, yes. You have questions at the O-line, yes. But you don't question this fight of the team when it comes to the environment that is going to be played on Saturday. They're playing for LaVille Davis Jr. They're playing for Devin Chandler and they're playing for Deshaun Perry. There's nothing I could put in a stat sheet for you to say um, why this matters. It just does. So I think this game will be an emotional game for everybody and I give Virginia the edge because of what this game means for them at the end of the day. So I'm picking Virginia over JMU for this game. And again, I'll have full coverage from game day on Wahoos 24-7. I'll be back here on Monday for your game recap. And then next Thursday, once again, I'll have your preview that game because it's Friday next week since it's the Maryland week and it's a Friday night game. I'll hopefully have it Wednesday night-ish, Thursday morning. So that overnight hours that there's more time for you guys to listen to the game. Maybe you'll stuck in D.C. traffic if you're going to Maryland. I'll be one of those going for the D.C. traffic. I'll be also traveling to Maryland for the first Time. This is my first time going to Maryland College Park um, since the last time Virginia was in College Park when um, Jake McGee was still part of the Virginia squad. So that's the uh, it's my first time back to College Park. So uh, yeah, that'll be an interesting contest. But again, follow us on Wahoo's twenty four seven as we continue to count down and the latest on Tony Musket's injury and what are the expectations for this team. So again, hope you guys. Um, If you're going to Charlottesville, hope you guys have a safe trip to Virginia UVA Scott Stadium on Saturday. And then if you're not, we'll make sure to have all the information you need to watch the pregame ceremony and also the game on Wahoos 24-7. For us, I hope you guys have a good rest of your night and a great Friday.